You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramat Beit Shemesh Israel 5780, 2019. This week's Parshas, I'd like to share with you a beautiful piece from, from the Sichai's Musr of the Rosh Yeshiva of the Mir Chaim Shmulevitz. He talks about the Midas Ha'istaglus. We'll see what that means. He says like this, In the beginning of our parsha, we know that Sarah Imenu dies, Avram Avinu purchases Merasa from B'nai Ches, from Ephraim Hachiti. And so, how did Sarah Imenu die? Our sages tell us that what happened was she was informed by the Satan that Yitzchak was about to be shechted, he was about to be slaughtered. As a result, Parcha Nishmasa will see. What is the difference between Avram Avinu, asks Reb Chaim Shmulevitz, what is the difference between Avram and Sarah? How come Avram was able to withstand the Akedah, the Nisayon of placing his son on the altar, being ready to slaughter him? How come Sarah wasn't able to withstand it and she passed away? If anything, Sarah Yemenu was the Midas HaGvura. She was the one who had the strength. Avram Avinu was the Midas HaChesed. That's the important question. Let's see this inside. Avram was willing and ready to overcome his rachamim, his mercy upon his son. He was ready to slaughter his son. We find that Sarah was on a greater level of prophecy than Avram Avinu. When she heard that it was happening, she died. Even though she was on a higher level of prophecy. Avram came to eulogize and to cry for his wife, Sarah. Rashi explains, why were these two parshas placed next to each other? Like we said, she found out from the Malach from the Satan, about what was going on. She died. V'chinu b'targim Yonason. Targim Yonason says the same thing. Shalach hasatim v'sibur l'sar l'sha'avim s'rochad az Yitzchak. The Satan went and told Sari Imenu that this had gone on, that Yitzchak was slaughtered. V'mei samir of Tzar, she died of intense pain. V'atzmiya rabba ma'bena l'bena Avraham l'v'lama l'yomad l'ibo b'tzar hazeh. What's the difference between Avraham and Sarah? How come Sarah couldn't withstand this great pain? So he says an amazing thing, and it's a powerful idea. We need to know that it's true, because we need to understand it, how, how it affects us in a negative way, and how we can use it in a positive way. When it came to this challenge, Hashem took Avram Avinu, and He slowly edged him into this challenge. Like Rashi explains the Pasuk, it says, Take your son, your beloved son, your only son, the one you love, Yitzchak. Your son, or he said to him, I have two sons. The only one. This is, Avram responded and said, This one is the only one of her mother, of his mother, and this one's the only one of his mother. The one you love. He said, I love both. Why didn't, he, why didn't he just say it straight up? Why did he give him a whole, you know, why was there a whole conversation? So that he shouldn't be astounded and shocked and, and, uh, and go mad. 
We see that if Hashem would have revealed to him from the onset that he wants him to slaughter Yitzchak his son, he wouldn't have been able to withstand the challenge. He would have gone mad. Because it came to him suddenly. Therefore Hashem revealed to him the matter drop by drop. First he said, your son. He realized, okay, I'm going to have to take one of my sons. He didn't realize immediately which one. Slowly easing him into the concept. Through this pause, each of these pauses, so Avram was able to get used to the idea, obviously, an uncomfortable idea. He was able to overcome his love for Yitzchak. He was able to accept the command with equanimity, without getting all confused and his mind turning. His mind churning, actually. He was able to withstand the challenge and he was willing to bring his son as a sacrifice. Like Cain, sorry, Menu. But that was not what happened with Sarah. And interestingly, it wasn't a chisaron on Sarah's part. Obviously, it was her time to go. We could, uh, you know, uh, want to try to perhaps understand why Akadosh Baruch Hu allowed the Satan to introduce the concept to, to Sarah suddenly. Right? But the point is that Sarah was at a disadvantage. That it was re- revealed to her suddenly. That Yitzchak was being slaughtered. Her heart couldn't withstand it. She passed away. Now, he brings us other examples of this. We find this kind of idea in a story in the Gemara Ksuvis on Daf Samach Beis Mavez. He went into exile to, to study with Rav for 12 years. When he returned to his house, he had not informed his wife that he was returning. It had been 12 years. His wife was in the middle of her work. When she picked up her eyes and she saw him, she, she, her heart stopped. She passed away. What does it mean that her heart, actually the literal translation is her heart saw. Her heart suddenly recognized that this was her husband. She had a hergish. She had an emotional feeling. This was her husband before her mind processed it. Because if she would have intellectually known about it before, that distance between the, the eye and the heart, the, mind, the intellect and the heart, so that small amount of difference, that small amount of warning, would have given her an, an opportunity to become accustomed to the fact that her husband has, had returned. She was waiting for 12 years. But now that it, she, she saw with her heart, so to speak, her emotions experienced his return first, before her eyes, before her intellect, the eyes always represent the intellect, so her heart wasn't able to withstand it, she wasn't, she wasn't pre-warned.
He gives another example. We find that this is true in regard to Chushim Bendan. Chushim Bendan was deaf. The Gemara in Saita says a story on Dafi Gimel Amar Aleph. When Yaakov Avinu was was brought by his sons to be buried in Marasa Machpela, the Asa Esav become Akiv. Esav came and he said, "You can't take that spot. It's my spot." Yaakov already used his spot for Leah. So they responded and said that no, Yaakov had already purchased that place from him. Because Esav says, where's the document that says that you bought it? They said it was left in Egypt. Naftali, who was very quick, he's going to return to Egypt and bring back the Shtar. What happened in the meantime? Chushim Brei Dedon Tamon Hava. Chushim, the son of Dan, was there. Yakir Leudne, he was deaf. Arno Maihai said, What's going on? Amrulay Kama Akiv, hi. Ada Asinav Talimarad Mitzrayim. Esav is stopping the, the, the funeral procession from continuing until Naftali comes back from Egypt. Amrulay Huva Ada Asinav Talimarad Mitzrayim. Avi Abba Mutalibizayin. In the meantime, my grandfather Yaakov is going to be left in disgrace. He took a staff and he banged him on the head. He killed Esav. His eyes popped out. And they, the eyes of Esav popped out of his face and they fell onto the legs of Yaakov Avinu. Very interesting Gemara. You have to understand what the whole idea means. But he brings it to teach us this idea. Reb Chaim says, we need to understand. How come Chushim Bendan was concerned about the honor and the disgrace of his grandfather more than anybody else over there? What about Yaakov's sons? They weren't concerned. Why didn't they have the same sense that it was a disgrace for Yaakov to be left in, in, in that way until Naftali would return? How come only Chushim Bendan had that? Chush had that sensitivity. You understand why the Torah stresses that he was deaf. It's an amazing thing. He says that the idea is all of the other children of Yaakov and their grandchildren of Yaakov when they heard the complaint of Esav and they, said, and they heard what he was saying that this is my spot they started to have a back and forth with him. They responded to all of the things that he says. They got used to the idea. Through this back and forth, through the conversation, they became accustomed to it. But Chushim Adan was deaf, so he didn't know what was going on. He didn't have that back and forth. He didn't hear what they were saying. He didn't hear the, the goings-on. Since he saw that Yaakov Avinu was standing there in disgrace, so therefore, that fire of the unwillingness to allow this disgrace to continue burned inside him, and therefore, he went and he killed Esav. So very, it's very interesting. So there's a possibility for us to use this in a, in a positive way, to get used to something which is difficult, a difficult situation. It's also possible that we could get used to something which is improper. It becomes, we become accustomed to it through this very concept. And he brings down, I'm not going to read it inside, but he speaks about the fact 
that not long before this Sefer was written, which was in the 70s, early 70s when he, when he was speaking, so so the Jewish people had gone through the horrors of the Holocaust, and he says there were many people. How are they able to survive? The, the survivors, how are they able to get to the end of that dark, dark tunnel? How could they, the, the death that surrounded them, the, the difficulty, the way that the Nazis treated the Jews, the Germans treated the Jews was just horrendous. It was unbelievable. Nobody, no normal person could endure such a thing. How are people able to get to the other side? And he says that part of the way that they were able to survive was because the fact that they slowly got used to it. It's slowly, not that it became okay. It was never okay. It was always unfathomable. But it was something that it's possible. It's, a human, it's possible for human beings to get used to situations which are just beyond, beyond the normal. Okay, so he says like this, and he brings it home for us. So this idea of becoming accustomed to something, so sometimes it weakens us, it weakens our inspiration. Sometimes a person is inspired. And he wants to do amazing things. It's burning aside him to do what's right. But as the time passes, so it slowly, slowly gets diminished. A person has an obligation to make sure that the fire of inspiration doesn't get weakened. And he needs to make sure that it continues to burn as it did in the beginning. If a person pays attention to it, so and a person continues to stoke the fire that's inside of him to make sure that he continues to be inspired, to remain inspired, so then he's going to rise in his in Musr and fear of Hashem. Right? I, I have to mention, I just heard in a shir that my Rosh Hashiva gave yesterday, He's talking about the fact that it's an amazing thing. You open up your Ted Naiman, you open up a Jewish newspaper, and you see how many books there are. Beautiful books, inspiring books, touched by a prayer. Touched, you know, how to maintain, praying with fire, you know, maintaining that inspiration. And how many shiurim there are on Torah anytime that you can, anytime you want, you can go on there, you can listen to it, you don't even have to listen to it as slowly as I'm speaking, you can press times one and a half and make it go much faster so you can, you can, you can get in even more words of Torah. It's an amazing thing, you can listen to it on the way to work, you can listen to it anytime you need to. Inspiration. Jews are looking for inspiration. We want to maintain the inspiration. And I must put in a plug for the Bitachon group, which Bar Hashem, the women's group has been uh, you know, consistently meeting Baruch Hashem and we have the men's group starting up again Baruch Hashem a tremendous amount of interest and it's so important to be machazik ourselves to inspire ourselves I saw right now in my community in Ramat Beit Shemesh a group is starting to learn Musr it's called Beis HaMusr Rav Yosef Yaisel named after the altar of Navardic amazing thing beautiful thing we need to inspire ourselves. We need to maintain our inspiration. We need to not allow things to become accustomed. We can't become accustomed to those things just letting it, letting it slide. Okay, let's see some more of what he says. The Yavis says an amazing thing. We find Chazal tell us it's a mission in Pirkei Avis that when you come into the base Hamikdash, 
When you would come into the temple, you would go in one entrance and you would go out a different entrance. You wouldn't come in the same way. If you came in from the north, you go out of the south. If you came in from the south, you go out of the north. What's the idea behind it? He says, Person shouldn't become accustomed to the way that a person comes into his house. There's only one entrance, generally speaking, in a person's house. You come into that entrance, you come in and you go out. You become used to it. When it comes to the Beis Hamikdash, when it comes to that which represents spirituality, you can't get used to it. It can't become something which is mitzvah sanosh and something that we just become accustomed to and we do without thinking. It's so easy for that to, to happen. This is a warning. This is a warning. Don't become accustomed to it. Do something new. Do something fresh. Find a new inspiration, a new thing to think about, a new a new way of inspiring ourselves during our Shemayin Esrei, during our davening, a new a new Gemara to learn, a new sheer that that's interesting, a new idea, something a new way of expressing that idea. Okay. The Jewish people, they became accustomed to, to coming to the oil Moed, coming to the, to the Beis HaMikdash, in that time it was the tabernacle. And so Moshe Rabbeinu said, we need to take the Mishkan and put it outside of the Machane. It can't be something that's so easy to get to. It can't be so easy to just roll out of bed and into the, into the shul. It's got to be something that, it's a little bit hard, it's a little bit far, it's a little bit, requires, uh, you can't be used to it. There has to be a certain fear, a certain, a certain shaking when you come into the Beis HaMikdash, when you come into the Shul. We can't allow ourselves to become accustomed to it. I can't bring my device. I can't bring, I have to say this because it bothers me a lot. I can't bring my device into the Beis Medrash. I can't bring my phone with my SMS and into the shul where I'm davening and pull it out during davening. I can't do that. Why? Because I'm just, then this place is no different than my house. I'm not saying it from, from a, I'm saying from a very simple perspective. This needs to be a place where I realize that this is, I leave my phone outside. I can't bring my phone into the base measures, even a kosher phone. I don't need my phone ringing in the middle of Shimon Esrei. I need to leave it outside. I personally don't put my phone in my pocket. I only bring it, I don't bring it with me to the base measures. I don't bring it with me to shul. My phone stays in my office. Yes, it's a little bit hard to get a hold of me. But at what cost? Is it easy for everyone to get a hold of us? Why do we always need to be gotten a hold of? We need to also we need to have time to ourselves. We need to have time for our relationship with Hashem. This is exclusive. This is a place where it's only about a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Okay. In order that we not become accustomed to it, we need to have that that Harada when we come into the base Amigdash. You can't come in and out the same. You can't go in and out the same entrance way. He brings another example, but I want to just read the ending. We, the people who value Jewish spirituality, we who are the bnei Torah, those who study the Torah of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it's incumbent upon us. We be careful when it comes to bittul Torah. I'm sitting and learning. I'm sitting and learning. At the beginning of the Zman, at the beginning of the time of learning, so sometimes we're very inspired. Often we're very inspired. We're very focused. We're very into it. Right? 
We're careful not to waste our time. But the Yetzer comes onto our doorstep and he gets us used to it. Oh, it's okay. You're used to it. You're not as excited now. They're becoming accustomed to something when it comes to spiritual matters is a great danger. It stunts our sensitivities. Even when it comes to a very grievous sin, like wasting time from learning, has the ability to destroy everything. A person can become accustomed to a very poor state, a very a terrible state. He says, what is the Eitzah? How can a person overcome the Eitzahara that causes us to become accustomed to doing things that are wrong? It's Limud HaMusr. It's by learning inspirational things, things that wake us up and remind us of the way that we really want to be and help us recognize that we may not be on exactly the path that we'd like to be. Let's get back on the path, back on the path, constantly drawing us back on. Don't become used to the things, the negative habits that we've that we've uh, started doing. It's that, it's that uh, sword. You see, we stick it and we say, oh, whoever steps away from what's right needs to be thrust through with the sword. He brings that example because that was involved in the previous thing that he spoke about with Palti ben Layesh. I'm not going to get into that. So this reminds a person about the inspiration that he had when a person is originally inspired, I need to make some kind of um, commitment or some kind of symbol for myself that reminds me, this is what I want. This is what I really want. To feel disgusted by wasting our time, disgusted by wasting our opportunities to have spirituality, to learn Torah. The sweetness that we had at the beginning we need to hold on to that. Through whatever it is that we use, that commitment that we have, or or the symbol that we have of our commitment, it reminds a person to remind ourselves that this is something that we need to stay completely far away from. It's something that we recognize should be thrust through with a sword if we do something which is not based on our highest ideal. Okay, Kishin is finishing off here. Kishin is Benin, but Dover, you talk in Levire, Oedis Ahedel Shabin Avram Avinu Shabin Isayan, Luma Sarsha Porkan Shmasa Bishoyma Al Kach. So, this is the difference between Avram and Sarah. The Hine Amr Chazal, Oyama Yavi Odomas Asmil Denisayan, Shari Dovimachis Ralevi Asmil Denisayan, Venichsha. Persons shouldn't bring themselves into a, a challenge. Okay, so we see Avram Avinu, he was slowly accustomed to the idea of having to slaughter his son. So that was used in a positive way. Sari Menu didn't have that opportunity. Now, a person has to be careful not to bring themselves into a Nisayin. We explained in another place that when Hashem brings a challenge to a person, Hashem gives a person the power, the ability to withstand that challenge. Person should not bring himself into a challenge. Interesting, this is a completely different point, but it's also an important point. And that is that there's an Isayan, there's a challenge. 
that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings us into the challenge, so then HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us the power to overcome the challenge. But if we choose the challenge, like David HaMelech did with Batsheva, so we run an extreme danger of falling into the challenge. Because David asked for the, the Nisayim, it wasn't brought upon him by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't volunteer the Nisayim. When Hashem brings the Nisayim on a person, so then it comes along with divine assistance. But when we enter into Nisayin ourselves, so then it doesn't come with that. The Akeda was this challenge Hashem gave to Avram. So he also had the opportunity, the ability to withstand it. It wasn't her challenge. So she didn't have the ability to, to withstand it. So she didn't have the ability to withstand it because it wasn't her nisayim. Just very, it's very interesting. Okay, it requires a lot of thought. Bottom line is, the what we what we see from here is that there's an ability that we have inside of ourselves to become morgal, to become accustomed. We need to make sure to use it correctly in the right places. If it means becoming accustomed to something that's difficult in our lives, whether it's a challenge. Uh, that Kodesh Baruch was sent us, uh, whatever it might be, some difficulty in our life, or whether it's the challenge of, of learning Gemara, the challenge of, of, of everyday things that we do in our service of a Kodesh Baruch Hu, becoming accustomed to that. So that's using it in a positive way. Not allowing ourselves to become accustomed when it comes to the inspiration, to lose that inspiration. We have to watch out for that as well. And we can overcome that by learning Musr, and by continuing to be inspired and to search for inspiration. I want to bless you, I ask you to bless me, Hashem should help us to use the tools at our disposal to be able to indeed continuously remain inspired in our service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes Ari Goldwag.